This is the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast with Monica Louie, episode number 100. Welcome to the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast, where we help online entrepreneurs grow their influence, amplify their impact, and scale their businesses all the way to seven figures. And now, here's your host, Monica Louie. Hey, hey, thank you so much for joining me for the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. I'm your host, Monica Louie, and welcome to episode 100. It is hard to believe that we have produced 100 episodes of the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. It might be cliche to say, but it seems like only yesterday we were launching the podcast, but it's been about two years now, and I am so grateful to have the opportunity to come to you each and every week, share my knowledge, have incredible guests on the podcast, sharing their knowledge with you while we all work together to flourish to seven figures. That is what this podcast is all about. And I am so grateful to you for being a subscriber, a follower, and a listener. And so if you haven't yet, go ahead and hit that follow button in your favorite podcast app because we've got a lot of great episodes heading your way for the next 100 and beyond. So for today's episode, I'm going to take you back and take you through some of the top episodes that we've had on the podcast. But before we dive into that, if you are new to the podcast and you don't know me yet, I want to welcome you. I'm Monica Louie and I'm a Facebook and Instagram ad strategist and I run a successful ads agency where my team and I manage ads for six, seven, and eight figure online businesses. I'm also the creator of Flourish with Facebook ads, which is my online trading program that teaches my step-by-step system for creating campaigns that convert. My team and I have managed more than $3 million in ad spend and served more than 1,000 students and clients. And we are in the trenches every single day, keeping a pulse on what's working now in the world of Facebook and Instagram ads. And there's a lot actually changing on the platform. And so if you want to stay in the know, join my newsletter. It's free. You can join at monicalouie.com slash guide. And when you do that, you'll receive my free Facebook ad starter kit as a bonus. Once again, that's monicalouie.com slash guide. Now, this podcast has been my pleasure to bring to you each and every week. And as the title suggests, we are all about flourishing to seven figures here at the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. So today, I thought it would be fun to revisit some of the incredible episodes that we have produced this past couple of years and bring them back to you so that you can either refresh yourselves, maybe revisit them if you've already listened to them, or maybe some will be new to you. Maybe you're a newer listener to the podcast and you want to go back to some of the oldies but goodies. We've got a variety of topics we are going to talk about today. And so I'm going to bring you clips from some of our top episodes. Now, I got to say, this was super hard to choose. We had to whittle our list way down. Otherwise, this episode was going to be several hours long. (laughs) So I'll just save you the trouble. I'm going to share some of our top episodes episodes with you. And then I will share some honorable mentions as well. In this episode of our top episodes, here's what we're going to cover. How to build a sustainable online business that flourishes to seven figures and beyond. The mindset and strategy required to make six figures per month 
Yes, I said six figures per month. Why every strategy you try can work for you and how to stick with it until it does. Letting go of who you thought you would be to become who you really want to be. And sometimes that might surprise you. How to create better content faster and grow a massive audience. How to get started with Facebook ads the affordable way. Why your ads aren't working and how to flourish with Facebook ads, plus a whole lot more. But before we dive into this episode, I want to make sure that you know you can find all the links and resources that are mentioned in today's episode at monicalouie.com slash 100. That's M-O-N-I-C-A-L-O-U-I-E.com slash 100. So as I go through these episodes, I will mention the episode number. And if you want to go to that episode specifically, just go to monicalouie.com slash the number of the episode, but I will put all the links to each episode mentioned in the show notes at monicalouie.com slash 100. So that's going to be the easiest place to go find these episodes. All right, let's do this. All right. The first episode I want to bring you is episode 56 the five key elements to building a sustainable online business. As I have worked with my clients and my students over the years on their businesses and growing my own successful multi-six-figure business, I have seen what sets the businesses apart that are really set up to scale and provide a sustainable online business so that you have recurring revenue and predictable revenue so that you can invest in your business more easily. You can pay yourself, you can build a team, and you can put those cash flow woes behind you. So the five key elements to building a sustainable online business is episode number 56. And here's a clip. The five key elements of building a sustainable online business. The first one is you've got to get your mindset right. And I provided a number of resources for you that will help you with that. And again, I will have everything in the show notes at monicalouie.com slash 56. The second key element is to understand your ideal customer avatar, get very clear on who you want to work with, who you want to serve, and then get clear on who they are, where you can find them, and how you can position your offerings to be the best solution for them. The third key element is to create that high quality offer, product, service, whatever that is that people will pay money for, and then produce fantastic results. That's how you'll build a reputation in your field in your industry as the go-to source or product, and it will spread like wildfire via word of mouth, which is fantastic. The fourth key element is the marketing. Don't be afraid of marketing. Marketing, I think, is a lot of fun to get clear on how you can position your product, your offer, your service in the marketplace, how you can get it in front of people and how you can let people know what you have to offer. Because if they don't know what you have to offer, then selling your offering is going to be more difficult. And so sales is definitely part of marketing. And of course, there are a number of different ways that you can market your products and services. And my favorite way is through Facebook ads. And then the fifth and final key element is to have that recurring revenue component. So think through, a lot of people miss this one. A lot of people just think, oh, I made a course and then I'm gonna sell it for $99. And, but then if you want to have consistent income, consistent revenue, you've got to sell it over and over and over and find new people to sell it to. So that's where a few different recurring revenue models might help you build up that foundation of recurring revenue over time. 
All right. So next up, we've got episode 58. Now, episode 56 and 58, I actually intended to be a two-part series. So episode 56 is the five key elements to building a sustainable online business, while episode 58 is the seven essential steps to building a sustainable online business. So this is where I take you step-by-step into how to create your successful online business. And as you listen to episode 58, you will hear how the five key elements that I shared in episode 56 are incorporated into the seven essential steps. So in this clip from episode 58, I walk you through the various elements you need to have in a basic sales funnel, which of course, if you're going to build a sustainable online business, you've got to have some sort of sales funnel to take your customer through the journey from prospect, potential buyer to making that decision that your offer is right for them. So in this clip, I break down ways to promote your offer through a basic sales funnel. Your basic sales funnel looks like this. You have a lead magnet that you offer, and so you can offer it for free everywhere on your website. Um, You can offer it via Facebook ads, of course, and other paid traffic strategies. But you can introduce who you are and what your brand is about. So this can be an email sales funnel, or it can be a video series. It can be a webinar, as I said, but you want to start off with something free that you're offering. And then you introduce who you are, what your brand is about, so they can learn about you. You want to establish authority and build rapport. So this is where you're going to create that connection with your audience and then give value, give value, give value. You want to give them free value, whether it's, you know, tips, strategies, lessons learned, you know, avoid these common mistakes. Here are the myths of XYZ. Give value. Make sure you give a lot of value because people want to see that they're in the right place. They want to know that they're, you're not just there to take their money, that you are there to actually help and serve. And that is where you will have the best relationship so that people are ready to purchase your offer down the road. Then you can tease your offer and you can make the offer and make sure that you build in scarcity and or urgency. A few ways you can do this is that you can have a limited number of products or services for a limited number of people. You can have a limited time. You can have a disappearing bonus, an added bonus that goes away if they don't take action in a certain amount of time. The goal of that is not to create this false sense of urgency, but to help people make a decision. I know for me, I have definitely made decisions where I've been thinking about something and then I see that there's an awesome bonus that's going to be taken away if I don't decide right now that that'll help me get off the fence. So it really just will help those people get off the fence who know deep down that your product or offering is right for them. And throughout your sales funnel, you want to share testimonials and success stories. And then at the end, the offer goes away, whatever that looks like. Either the discount goes away, the you know bonuses go away, or it closes, or maybe it's just always open. But usually in a sales funnel, there's some kind of end that wraps it up. That's what a basic sales funnel looks like. And I think that everybody should have an evergreen sales funnel in their business so that you can get that recurring revenue because you know you're bringing in new customers all the time. And then mix in live launches throughout the year. A launch can be really fun. It can be a celebration and an event that you can create where you can give a lot of great value. You can really 
connect with your audience, um, whether you do a live webinar or a video series or a live challenge. It can be a really great way to connect with your audience. All right, moving right along, we're going to go to episode 53. Now, episode 53 is actually my top downloaded episode. As soon as this came out, it shot to the top and has stayed there ever since. So this is definitely a must listen. This is my interview with Lauren McManus from Create and Go. How to scale to six figures per month is the name of the episode. And by that title, you can see why it is one of my top episodes. So Lauren is one half of the mastermind duo behind Create and Go. They built an incredible brand. They have incredible products. I am a student in one of their courses, as I say in this episode, and they are just super smart marketers and they've really devoted the time to get better at their craft. They are very open with their story that they didn't shoot to six figures per month right away. They definitely had some bumps in the road and some learnings and some some projects that failed, but they kept going. They learned along the way. And then they created this incredible brand, Create and Go, that has helped so many bloggers and online business owners scale their businesses. So in this clip, I asked Lauren what it takes to go from six figures to seven figures. So here she is. If somebody is... Maybe they're at six figures now, but they're looking to get to seven figures with their online business. And they feel like they are just having trouble bridging that gap, making that leap. Where would you have them focus? What would you have them do? What would you have them focus on in order to make that leap? Well, I think there are a few different places that you should look into. You know, I, I do think it depends on what you feel pretty confident about. So, you know, we talked back earlier in this podcast about analyzing those open rates and opt-in rates and all those different things. So if you are at a point where you feel comfortable that you have enough visitors, people are clicking on your content, they're reading your emails, they're loving your stuff. If you feel pretty confident with that, then I think that you know that you maybe don't have to focus on traffic. If you're only driving traffic through Pinterest or through Google, if you have one source of traffic, you should definitely focus on another one. I think that ideally two to three traffic sources I think probably three, ideally, if you're trying to reach uh, seven figures. And for us, that has been Pinterest, Google, and YouTube. For other people, um, you know, it could be other things. But I think two to three traffic sources for sure. So make sure you're getting enough traffic. And on the traffic front, for sure, if you're not running paid ads, that has been one of the biggest things that we've done to scale our business because you don't have to sit around and try to wait for organic traffic. You don't have to compete as hard with all the organic traffic out there. Again, if you understand marketing, if you understand ads, uh, and if you don't, hire someone else out. I know that you're the Facebook ads expert for sure. And we have also hired some of that out ourselves. But running paid ads is one of the biggest ways to scale your income. And not only scale it, but it's helped Alex and I to kind of figure out what things are working and what's not working. So you know, it helps us to test out not having to wait for organic traffic to test out ideas. So running, running ads to different opt-ins, um, courses, all kinds of stuff. Paid ads is one of the biggest things that has helped us scale our business. And then I would probably, again, just look at what, look at your product offering, look at how you're monetizing. If that's, whether that's affiliate marketing or creating your own products, I do still believe that creating your own products is the one of the, the absolute best ways to get to seven figures. So if you're not doing that, if you're just doing affiliate marketing or something else, you do need to think about creating your own products. Then again, if you already are, um, think about the, the price points that you hit. I know a lot of people, 
start out at a lower price point. But if you've been in business for a little bit and you're you're making six figures comfortably and you're confident in your skills, try to think about transitioning into a more of a coaching or higher priced courses. There's a lot of people who have raised their raised the the prices of their courses over time. It's something that Alex and I have considered. You know, as we've grown, we're not at that point yet where we're really interested in it yet. I know Natalie Bacon is is beginning to transition into that, especially as she's become a certified life coach. So becoming more and more of an expert in your niche and structuring yourself as that, having higher quality, higher price courses, using paid ads to scale. I think those are the things um, that honestly, all seven figure bloggers and business owners are doing. I don't know about you, Monica, but all the ones I can think of are doing those three things. Oh yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I always see that, especially, I mean, with our clients and everything, they're definitely using paid ads in addition to their organic traffic strategy as well. So that's huge. All right. Up next is episode 39. This is my interview with the incredible Steve Chu. So Steve Chu, if you don't know who he is, he's ultra smart. He's a super successful entrepreneur. He's created so many different brands and businesses online and everything seems to work like magic with Steve. Everything <laughs> seems to work so well with him. So I, even, I asked him about that. I asked him, you know, why does everything work so well with you? It seems like he's always testing new things and it just seems to work. So we have a conversation about why that is in this episode, number 39, how to use Facebook Messenger the right way to build relationships and make more sales with Steve Chu. I mean, one of the things that I love seeing you speak about is that you're always testing something new. So like, you know, more recently it's Messenger, but how do you decide on what to test? What kind of, you know, new strategy or new marketing tool or whatever it looks like? How do you decide what to test next? (laughs) That's actually a good question. I I wish I had like a really reasonable answer for you, but usually what happens is uh, someone I run into just gets me really excited about something. And then I'll go try it. And it almost always results in something positive. So uh, I think four years ago, my buddy would kept trying to get me to sell on Amazon. I was like, no, no, it's okay. And then he showed me like how much money he was making. I was like, okay, I'll try it. And it was like an instant six-figure boost. One year at FinCon, Grant Baldwin, he's like, you got to try webinars. You got to try webinars. I was like, ah, I don't really want to talk onto a mic, you know, to a bunch of virtual people. And I tried it once and I made ended up making like $60,000 in one pop. And so that boosted my business. It's just people that you meet at events, they get you excited about features and then you just try them. And almost always it results in something positive. So I wish I had a better answer for you. No, that's okay. But I'm also curious because it seems like everything you try works really well. So do you have any failures, anything you've tested, tried that hasn't worked out? Because all these different brands and initiatives that we've talked about, I mean, everything has taken off to be ultra successful. And so, yeah, can you share any of those, you know, failures or things? I mean, you know how it is, Monica. I mean, like, for example, like when someone convinced me to do Facebook ads, like the end goal that you write about is successful. But like along the way there, there's all these ad groups and ads that don't make money, right? Because it's like panning for gold. Like you start out sucking as long as you stop the ones that aren't making money early enough, you're not losing that money until you find that one spot, one pot of gold and you just put all your money on that winner, right? I think the same can be said about anything that I've tried. Like Messenger didn't work in the beginning, right? You got to hone in your message. You got to figure out the ads that work and what works. And then ultimately what you write about and what you report is success but you know, people are less interested, obviously, in all the, the drudgery that led you to get there. So how do you know to stick with something 
long enough in order to get to that point where you are having the success you're looking for? Yeah, you just- that's a good question. So uh, it's basically intuition, like this should work, right? In theory, this should work based on what I'm trying to sell because this other person has gotten it to work. And so usually it's just oftentimes just an iterative process and sticking with it long enough for you to see the fruits of your labor. Okay. Um, there's certain things that just don't make sense. So uh, let me just see if I can give you an example here. Let's say I wanted to run Google ads on like this brand new invention that I was making. But if no one is searching for it, then running Google ads on it doesn't make sense. And chances are I'll never be able to make money on that. Right. Right. So same thing goes with like Facebook ads, maybe like if it's like a commonplace item, like a mop or something like that, it might not work on Facebook, but that item might work better on Google. So you just kind of have to see what's out there and what's working for other people. And if what you're trying to sell or market kind of falls under that same category, then, you know, you can probably expect that you should be able to achieve some amount of success with that same strategy. So it seems like, you're very logical in that sense that, you know, is, does the path make sense? Is this a good use of my time to invest in figuring this out? And then if you're just not getting there, just keep trying, trying new things and maybe have a little, like be a little bit stubborn about it. Yeah. I mean, if you feel like it should be working and you know, other people who have gotten it working, doing something similar to what you're trying to do, then yes, by all means you stick with it. I love that so much. That is such a good reminder for all of us that if something seems like it should be working, then just stick with it until it does. So as I mentioned, that episode is how to use Facebook Messenger the right way. So at the beginning of the episode, we did dive deep into Facebook Messenger. But as I said, Steve is super smart. And if you haven't listened to his podcast or seen him speak, you should definitely take advantage of those opportunities when you have the chance. His podcast is the My Wife Quit Her Job podcast. So as you can see, we've got a big theme around mindset as a key element to building a sustainable business. Lauren has the right mindset. Steve has the right mindset. And I dove deep with Dr. Shannon Irvin, my dear friend, on how to train your brain for epic success. So that's another episode I want to mention here. It's episode number 38. In that episode, Dr. Shannon shares a specific exercise on how to reverse your limiting beliefs so that they no longer hold power over you. We all have them. And so she shares a great exercise for how we can turn those limiting beliefs around and have epic success in our businesses. So definitely check that one out. Moving along to episode number 14, this is my interview with the one and only Pat Flynn. Pat Flynn has been a huge mentor for me over the years, ever since I first discovered the Smart Passive Income podcast back in 2014, that really changed the game. And if I had not discovered that podcast, I just don't think that I would have had the belief in myself and the belief that it was possible for me, somebody like me, to create a successful online business. So ever since I've had the chance to work with Pat, both as a client, one of his clients in his coaching program, but also I've had him be one of my clients. And so it was an honor to bring him to the podcast as one of my first interviews on the podcast with episode number 14, doing it all, overcoming fear and how to create super fans with the one and only Mr. Pat Flynn. I want to go back to when things started taking off. I remember hearing that when you lost your job, your dad, I think it was your dad that 
suggested you get your master's degree. That maybe, you know, now's a good time to go back to school and get your master's degree so that you can, you know, have even more credentials under your belt to help you grow your career in architecture. Is that true? And then how did you kind of field that conversation where you're like, no, dad, this is a thing that I'm working on and I'm not going to go that route. How did that go? Yeah, that was it. I remember that conversation very vividly because I knew my dad was right. He was, he was always right, number one. And number two, he was totally right in the circumstance that I was in. I could have just gone back to school. It was a good time because it was hard to get a job, but the recession was likely not going to last forever. And by the time I graduated with a master's or even let's go all the way to PhD, I mean, those, those conversations came up too. I would have that much more on my resume to get a better paying job and to be that much more prestigious in the space and help me with my career. And he was totally right. But, you know, I had already in my eyes had done everything perfect up to that point. Everything that he told me to do, everything society told me to do, my high school guidance counselors told me to do. I got in a 4.3 grade point average in high school. I graduated magna cum laude from Berkeley. I got this amazing job. I was taking tests that I didn't have to. I was going to AIA meetings that I didn't have to because I just wanted to be the best. And even then, even with all those credentials, even with having followed the path the exact way I was supposed to, I still got let go. And that hurt me so much because I was like, I thought this was the proven path to success and yet I still got laid off. And I know this recession happened, but what if it happens again? Like, I can't control any of this stuff that's happening on the outside. But what I do know is that I can take control of some things. And if I were to do something like create my own business or become an entrepreneur, well, if I fail, I would know it was because of my own fault that I didn't put those systems into place or I didn't create something that was actually helpful or valuable to others or I didn't build a smart business. So I wanted to take control. And that's why it was very easy for me after a little bit of time to think just to go back to my dad and go, you know what? Like I tried, I did everything that I was supposed to and it didn't work out. I'm going to try something a little bit different this time, take a little bit more control. And if I fail, it's going to be my own fault. And I'm totally okay with that. I was not okay with feeling like a failure, even though I had done everything right. How long did it take for your dad and maybe also like your friends, other friends and family to kind of come around and figure out that what you were doing was legit? Because I know like for me growing my business these last few years, people kind of think like, you know, I'm playing around on the internet and, you know, (laughs) or it's like a side project. And, and even I showed my dad, my podcast the other day and he looked at it and he was like, flourish to seven figures. That sounds good. But he didn't seem very convinced. And then he just didn't know what to say, but he also kind of wanted to be supportive. And so he was like, I'm proud of you, honey. But (laughs) so I'm just wondering like how long, because obviously now you have, you know, multi seven figure business and very successful. And so Where in your journey did that transition with your relationships, in-person relationships kind of change? Yeah, I think with my father specifically, it took about a year. And even with five-figure months in the architecture exam space that I was in, and he was seeing it because I was sharing it and I was sharing it with him in in personal conversations too. He was always sort of hinting at, you know, I don't know how long this is going to last and you know, maybe you might want to think about, you know, getting a real job. And he didn't say those words specifically. I've, I've had other people literally tell me that, hey, why don't you get a real job? You know, uh, this isn't really anything worth writing home about, you know, that kind of stuff. But in my mind, in the back of my mind, I always knew that I just had to keep going. And there were people who were in the architecture space with me. And I noticed they sort of laughing at me at first, like trying something online, wasting my five years in school wasting the money that my parents spent on me going to graduate school. And what really needed to happen was I had to let go 
of who I thought I was supposed to be. And I'll tell you this, I haven't told very many people this, but even, you know, I remember in February and even March of 2009, after having a couple of my most profitable months, I had made $25,000 in a single month. I was still looking for an architecture job. I still was going out and taking CAD tests at different firms to see if I could get a position. And I thankfully didn't get a position. And it wasn't until April or May of 2009, I got a call from my boss, the one who let me go. Uh, his name was Imad and he, he called me and he was like, hey, Pat, I'm just checking in to see how you're doing. Hope everything's okay. And I was like, wow, you know, actually things are going pretty well right now with this other thing I'm doing, but what's going on? And he said, hey, I just started a new architecture firm myself. I'm the principal here and I'd love to have you come on board and be a part of the team. I'm bringing some of your friends with me. We have some of the same clients. You'll just kind of pick up right where you left off. And I'd love to offer you a raise. I'd love to offer you a corner office and I'll even pay for a year's rent for you to come back up to Irvine, California and we'll, and we'll work together. Wow. And that was a dream offer, but it didn't take me more than five seconds just to go, hey, you know what? Thanks, but I think I'm going to be okay. And then I hung up. And at first I had a mild panic attack. I'm like, what am I doing? Like I just denied something so incredible. Like let me call him back. But then immediately I started thinking about, well, why was my first reaction to say no thanks? And it was probably because I think I know now that I'm supposed to be an entrepreneur, that I'm destined for this path now. And the other part of the story that was really eye-opening for me that was part of the reason why I said it so quickly was because I was getting so much more recognition as somebody helping people pass a little exam versus the bigger projects that I was working on in the architecture space. I mean, I have my fingerprint on several different buildings and restaurants and hotels around the United States, yet nobody would ever know. And I've never really been thanked for that. Yet here I was helping people pass this little architecture exam and having people email me with their life story and praise and thank you and calling me by name. And it, that, I, that's just something I had never received before. And it just felt so great to feel like I was actually having an impact all right, switching gears to content. Episode number 63, I interviewed Pete McPherson from Do You Even Blog? And the title of the episode is How to Create Better Content Faster. And that title must resonate with people. I know it definitely resonates with me. This was an incredible interview with Pete McPherson on how he creates better content faster, as the title suggests. So, in this clip that I want to share with you, Pete shares his ranking system for how he determines what type of content and what will bring the most value to his audience so that he knows exactly what to produce next. This is pretty cool. The thing I used to say, Airtable and then Todoist. Airtable, I have one document and one document only. The title of it is literally D-Y-E-B content. Do you even blog content? And on this spreadsheet, it's more like a database, but it's, it looks just like a Google Sheet, sort of. I have every piece of content, some that are upcoming on YouTube, some that are I want to do on the blog, some that are going to be podcast episodes, this podcast interview, this YouTube live I'm going to do, this webinar I'm going to do. I have all my pieces of content on there and it's separated. I can actually provide a link. You can throw this in the show notes. People can copy this for free. It's out there. People can just grab this and use it. And I have it separated by platform. Meaning when you look at this, no one can see it right now, but when you look at this, you will see all of my YouTube videos up top. 
And then below that, you will see my podcast episode. Then below that, something, something else. Below that, something else. And then this is the cool part. This is like one of my big takeaways. I recommend everybody do this. I have a ranking system for what to produce next. I'll say that again. I have a ranking system for what to produce next. And I'll, I'll share what that is. There are four columns here, Monica. The first column is called search. And basically, it's a, these are like one to 10 ratings, by the way. It's how viable is this for search? And by search, I mean SEO or YouTube SEO. Uh, like basically, is this for bringing in new eyeballs, acquisition to my brand? Yes or no? Scale of one to 10. A 10 being, oh, this is a great keyword for this next YouTube video. Lots of people are searching for this. Not a whole lot of competition. I'm going to put a 10. Okay, that's search. That's the first column, one to 10. The next column is brand. How on brand is this content? And what I really mean by that is, has this been done before? (laughs) Is this an actually new idea that's unique to Pete and do you even blog? Or is this like some how to start a blog piece of content, which has been done a billion times? How on brand is it? How much is this for my loyal audience, my loyal subscribers are really going to make them click and listen or click and read or whatever. Again, scale of one to 10. How to start a blog would be a one. That's not very on brand for me right now. Inside my brand new mini product funnel, one hour blog post, that's a 10 because no one else has done that. It's my product. It's my offer. It's my personal experiences. It's like a live case study, like that's that's very on brand. That's the second column. So we have search, we have brand, and then we have motivation. And basically what this is, on a scale of one to 10, how motivated am I to produce this piece of content? It's funny how no one does this, but I swear this is a game changer for anybody. Like how much do I want to produce this right now? That last piece of content I mentioned, like inside my new project, my new experiment or whatever, I'm really excited about that. That might be like a eight or a nine. Like, oh, I'm I'm excited to produce this content. And then I also have stuff that is like a eight or nine on the search column. Like, oh, this is a great keyword. This is a good opportunity. But my motivation is just like, yeah, I don't really care about this. I'm not excited to produce this content right now. And so I rank it, scale of one to 10. And the fourth column is the average. And the piece of content I produce next is the highest average based on search, based on brand, and based on my motivation. I sort by that on this Airtable document, like the highest averages are up top. That's what I do next. And for anybody who hasn't really experienced this, when you're excited about producing something, whether it's a product or a free thing, content or otherwise, you naturally are going to crank that out faster. You're going to want to work on it more. You're going to be excited to actually get it released. You're going to be excited to even create it. And so I use that. That's like a secret weapon that not a whole lot of people do. I rank things based on search, my brand, how motivated am I to do it? And that's what I do next. I love that. And that's pretty much it. That's all I use. 
Back in episode eight, I had the lovely Bola Sukunbi of Clever Girl Finance on to talk about how to grow a massive audience on Instagram. And she definitely brought the goods. In this clip, she shares three, but an extra bonus. So actually four keys to growing your Instagram. Here's Bola. Are there other things that you would do if you were, I mean, you're still growing your, your Instagram following, but for somebody who has hmm. like limited followers and they're just trying to gain some traction, do you have three key tips to start with? I think if you've proved your concept, you want to leverage your friends. You want to leverage your network. I didn't do that because I didn't want anybody to give me any kind of random feedback. <laughs> if I was to do it again, I would leverage my friends. I would tell them from the jump, hey, this is Clever Girl Finance, as opposed to saying, oh my God, isn't this your thing? Why don't you tell me about it? Which is what was happening. Happening <laughs> as it starts to grow. I think I still have friends. I actually do still have friends who don't know that I have a business called Clever Girl Finance. So definitely leverage your network. Tell them about it. Um, the more people like, the more people share. Ask them to share with their friends. And also, I would leverage connecting with people in parallel spaces. You know, because those people have audiences and see how you can collaborate together by doing webinars, by doing Instagram lives, which is a great feature. And I don't really take advantage of it, but I should. When you do those things you know, you guys are both cross promoting and that will help you get people to find out about your Instagram account and start to follow you. Another thing that I did that was at the time very beneficial was giveaways. Um, but I did the giveaway strategically. It was with the Clever Girl Finance Planner, but you can do a giveaway on anything. You can do a giveaway on a coaching session, on a worksheet, on anything that you feel is going to resonate and add value to your audience, you can do a giveaway. But the strategy around the giveaway was um, multifaceted in the sense that it was one targeted to help grow the account. So in order to be um, eligible for the giveaway, they had to tag somebody else and ask them to follow. And they also had to go subscribe so that I could continue to build my email list. It was, it was social growth, but also email list building at the same time. So that was one strategy that was pretty beneficial. Um, I think when it comes to giveaways, you want to be particular about what you're giving away. If you're giving away something that is not valuable, that doesn't help your customer solve their pain point, then it's not going to do well. But if it's something that you know is valuable and it's going to help them solve their pain point, then it will be helpful. And the way I determined that was um, because I was still growing this audience and my audience was very small, I wasn't very sure. So I went back to my home base, which was my site, and I was like, okay, what is my most trafficked or most engaging blog post at this time? And what can I create from this thing to help my audience solve their problem? So if it wasn't the planner, it was maybe like a worksheet at the time that helped people with some pain point that they were having, but that's what I tied into the giveaway. Or maybe it was access to a 15 minute call with me to help answer any questions they had about things I was doing with my own finances. So you have to get, get creative and the fourth tip, which you didn't ask for, Monica, but I'm going to give you anyway. <laughs> Way over deliverable. Love it. <laughs> Is that you have to test. There's so many things I did on Instagram that did not work. And I remember at the time doing it, I had friends who were trying to grow Instagram audiences and they were like, this is a waste of time. I, this is just too much. I can't deal with this. And I was like, I'm just going to test this one more thing. I'm just going to test this one more thing. And I just never gave up. So just because one thing doesn't work doesn't mean that it is a lost cause. There are people who are building massive audiences today, regardless of what people are saying about pay to play. And it's so hard and algorithm 
yes, that all exists, but you can still build an effective audience. And it's important to start with your home base because your home base, your website is a place where you can, once you're, once you build this entire audience, you need to send them somewhere, right? So there's no point in me having a hundred thousand Instagram followers if they just sit on Instagram. I don't own that audience. Instagram can decide to block me or shut down. And then what happens to those hundred thousand people? They go away. And so the whole idea of brand awareness and building audiences is direct them back to your home base so that they get to know more about you and your product and your business and what you have to offer. And that's what's really important here. Okay, let's talk about Facebook ads, shall we? You know that that is one of my favorite topics when talking about growing your online business, how to use Facebook ads. So of course, I have done several episodes on Facebook ads. I'll list some in the show notes at monicalouie.com slash 100. But I want to point out a couple here that may be of interest to you. So the first one is episode number 25, how to get started with Facebook ads, the affordable way and get massive results. Now, what I love about this strategy in this clip, I'll share several things that I love about the strategy. But one of the things that I love about the strategy is that you can get started with Facebook ads with a super low budget, but still get amazing results as the title of the episode suggests. So in this clip, I share more things that I love about the strategy and how to get started in the entire episode. I break down all the steps for implementing the strategy for yourself. So definitely check that out at episode 25. But here is what I love about it. I love this strategy so much. This is where I usually suggest people get started when they're new to Facebook ads, when they're just getting started, they want to get their feet wet, they want to learn the ads platform. I usually recommend that they get started with this strategy because as I said, it's an affordable way to get started and you can still get massive results, even with a low budget. So that is one of the reasons why I love it. But there are many other benefits to this strategy. Along with driving traffic at a low cost, you'll also get more likes on your Facebook page. You'll grow your email list and you'll probably drive more revenue as well. And that's never a bad thing. Plus, you'll grow your confidence in creating campaigns that convert as you get more familiar with the process and the ads platform. And you'll learn a lot about which audiences resonate with your content and how to structure a high converting ad. So those are so many of the reasons why I love this strategy. So let's dive in. I want to tell you exactly what it is, and then I'm going to break it down detail by detail, step by step, so that you can implement this for your business. Now, this is the main strategy that we do with a lot of our clients whose main business model is their blog. So a lot of our clients who are bloggers, this is what we do for driving traffic to their websites with Facebook ads. John Schmoll was my guest in last week's episode on the podcast in episode 24. And this is the main strategy that we do with his Facebook ads to drive traffic to his blog, to grow his revenue and grow his traffic as well. But you don't need to be a blogger to test this out. Now, if you missed the episode with John Schmoll, you can check that out at monicalouie.com slash 24. But as I said, you don't need to be a blogger to test this out. All you need to have is a piece of content on your website that you can drive traffic to. So if your main business model is not your blog, you can still benefit from the strategy just as long as you have a piece of content on your site that you want to drive traffic to. 
Now, if you are new to Facebook ads, then I definitely want to suggest that you listen to a couple really important foundational episodes when it comes to getting started with Facebook ads. Episode number three, I go over the three key elements to Facebook ads success. And episode number five is the six simple steps to create campaigns that convert. So there are six and only six steps that you need to go through in order to create campaigns that convert. And I break them down in episode five. So you can find episode three at monicalouie.com slash three and episode five at monicalouie.com slash five. Okay. So my last and final clip for you today is another Facebook ads episode. It's one I'm really proud of. It's episode number 21, eight real reasons why Facebook ads don't work and the solutions to make them work for you. So as a Facebook ads expert, as an ads manager, I have heard over and over again from people who say, oh, I've tried Facebook ads. They just don't work for me if they don't work for my business. So this episode is where I break down eight real reasons why they may not work, but then it's also kind of my rebuttal. So I take each of the eight reasons and break down how to resolve that issue so that you can have the success you're looking for with Facebook ads. So if you ever think of running Facebook ads in your business, I want you to go in with the right perspective, the right expectations for your campaigns and your goals. And I talk all about that in episode 21. So here's just a snippet of the first couple of reasons why Facebook ads don't work. The first reason why Facebook ads don't work is when you don't have commitment to figuring out how to make them work for you. So this is something that I see. This is one of the biggest mistakes that people make when getting started with Facebook ads is they think that they'll try it or they'll dabble in it. But really my clients and my students that have the most success with Facebook ads, they have been extremely committed to figuring out how to make them work for their businesses to help them achieve their goals. So the solution here, if you are finding that you have a lack of commitment to making Facebook ads work for you, is that you must commit some time, some money, and some energy into figuring out how to make Facebook ads work to help you achieve your business goals. So that leads right into the second point, which is the second biggest mistake that I always see when people are having trouble with Facebook ads is that they don't have a strategy or they're not using the right strategy. So some common strategies where you can use Facebook ads in your business is for brand awareness. So just getting more people to know about who you are and what you have to offer. The second most common strategy is to grow your audience. So this is where you're going to be driving traffic to your blog posts, traffic to your website, traffic to your landing pages, and also growing your email list or running a like campaign to grow your page on Facebook. So that's the growing your audience strategy. And then the third piece is to grow your revenue. So that's the third strategy. It's probably the most common when we think about Facebook ads. We think that if we're going to invest money in Facebook ads, then we want to have that revenue potential on the back end. So obviously there are a lot of different ways that you can use Facebook ads to grow your revenue, but you have got to get clear on how you're going to make Facebook ads a part of your marketing strategy. So the solution here, if you find that you have been not clear on your strategy or you haven't been using the right strategy to achieve your goals, the solution is to get clear on your goals and then learn how Facebook ads can help you achieve those goals. So look at how others are successfully using Facebook ads in their businesses and then 
use that as inspiration and align your goals with a focused strategy. So choose one of those strategies that I shared with you as your main goal with Facebook ads, and then work Facebook ads into your marketing strategy. Remember that Facebook ads are great for reaching people online, but they should be part of your marketing strategy and not the entire strategy. You still need to do the work to create an amazing offer that people actually want and then nurture your audience for the sale if revenue growth is your goal. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that recap. It was so fun to go through all of our top episodes and select some of our favorites to bring to you. That was just a sampling. We've had so many incredible guests and covered so many diverse topics on this podcast. So I would love to know from you, what are your favorite episodes? If you've been a longtime listener, or even if you're brand new to the podcast, I would love to know what are your favorite episodes and what would you like to hear more of on the podcast in the next 100 episodes? You can share those with me in the comments at monicalouie.com slash 100 or take a screenshot of your podcast app and tag me on Instagram and let me know there. I'm at Flourish with Monica. And if you want to stay in the know with all of the changes that are happening in the world of Facebook and Instagram ads, and you want to know the best practices of what to do now to get success with your campaigns, then join my free email newsletter. When you join at monicalouie.com slash guide, you will get my free Facebook ad starter kit as a bonus. It walks you through the six simple steps to creating campaigns that convert that I break down for you in episode five. And it also gives you a handy dandy checklist so that you can be prepared when you dive into the ads manager so you know exactly what you need to create your campaigns. So you can find that at monicalouie.com slash guide. And if you know that Facebook and Instagram ads are part of your marketing growth strategy this year, then join my program, Flourish with Facebook ads at monicalouie.com slash flourish. When you join Flourish with Facebook ads, you will get all the latest and greatest when it comes to Facebook ad strategy. Plus as a VIP member, you get access to group coaching calls, the Flourish VIP Facebook group, and opportunities for additional coaching and assistance to create your campaigns. We are going above and beyond for our students in Flourish and the VIP program, and I would love to see you in there. So you can learn more about Flourish at monicalouie.com slash Flourish. And if you're ready to let my team and I take all things ads management off your plate, Go to monicalouie.com slash WWM to learn more about our Facebook and Instagram ads management services. As I mentioned, I'll have all the links and resources that I mentioned today in the show notes. You can find those at monicalouie.com slash 100. And be sure to follow the podcast in your favorite podcast app so you can be notified when the next episode comes out. We've got incredible episodes heading your way, a bunch of great interviews, and some brand new solo shows heading your way very soon. So make sure to subscribe to the Flourish to Seven Figures podcast. That's all for today. Take care, stay healthy, and let's flourish. Flourish.